welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Head on down to Lower Main Street in Calicoon or check them out on Facebook and Instagram to see what fresh in-house baked goods they're cooking up. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. When Tom Roberts and Anna Aberg started asking around about the owner of the North Branch Cider Mill, they heard time and again that people had written letters asking him to sell, but he'd always say no. So they decided not to write him a letter. Instead, the couple got in their car and drove straight to his house. The trip an hour and a half from their home in Livingston Manor, but Roberts was undeterred. In fact, over an 18-month period, Aberg estimates her husband took 10 trips to Sullivan's home, doing his best to win over the man who held the fate of the North Branch landmark in his hands. During each meeting, Sullivan would share more about the history of the once-bustling mill, and Roberts would share more about the couple's dreams for bringing the property back to life. In late 2022, after more than a year and a half of back-and-forth discussions, the couple officially became the new owners of the cider mill building and the various buildings on the well-known property, along with a chunk of undeveloped land across the street, perfect for a parking lot. I feel like pinching myself every day I come here, Robert said while sitting on one of the couches left behind in the largest barn on the property. We dreamed about this for so long. I planned our lives around this property. Originally from England, Roberts was the one who first discovered the area while fly fishing with friends in Livingston Manor. In 2016, he and a Berg, who hails from Sweden, bought their first home in the area, a fixer-upper that they were able to fix up with the help of numerous friends who would come to town to lend a hand. Both had spent about eight years living in New York City and realized they'd had enough. Each grew up in a largely rural setting in their respective countries, and Sullivan County reminded them of their childhood. That first fixer-upper soon became the Livingston Manor Fly Fishing Club, a nature retreat on the banks of the Willowy Mock. With backgrounds in marketing and hospitality, the couple met while they both worked in the marketing departments of Absolute Vodka. They've since put their design, renovation, and branding skills together as Homestead. The business has a series of local rental homes, renovates local establishments, and even operates a small home goods store in Livingston Manor. It was while working on a renovation of Seminary Hill Cidery in Calicoon that the couple first spotted the cider mill, driving by the empty red building sometimes two to three times a day on trips from the manor. We drive past, looking at the building and dreamed about it, Roberts recalls. Those dreams involve pulling all the facets of their work together under one roof and reviving the cider mill itself. Now that they own the property, those plans are slowly taking shape. The mill itself will be the biggest undertaking, and one the couple says they're only now, they're only just now able to wrap their heads around as they grapple with zoning rules, health department guidelines, and more. With significant work required to meet health codes and bring the old mill back, the couple was focusing first on the large barn property to open a larger version of the home goods store at a commercial wood shop where furniture will be produced and house Aberg's design offices. The goods will be things the couple has vetted, everything from garden tools to frying pans, to the thick woolen sweaters Roberts has come to prefer wearing to keep warm while working in the midst of a Catskills winter. With hopes to have their first phase complete by the end of 2023, the couple says they will be able to turn their full attention to the cider mill itself. They hope to get a cider press running again, as well as adding a commercial kitchen and creating a space akin to those they remember from their own childhoods when a Sunday morning meant, quote, having a ramble in the countryside, as Roberts calls it, before heading somewhere to sit and have tea or coffee. Whatever the menu, it will be family-friendly and aimed at both visitors and local clientele. 
as well as being open year-round. But most importantly, it will pay homage to the original cider mill. If you'd like to contact the couple, you can email them at contact at homestead, H-O-M-E-S-T-E-D-T dot com. They are looking for old photos and people with stories from the mill. You can check out the full story on our website, scdemocratonline.com. The New York State Department of Labor recently announced the adoption of final farm labor overtime regulations, which will lower the overtime threshold, which is currently 60 hours to 40 hours by 2032. Some have argued in favor of the new regulations, while others have been critical of the effect they believe it will have on local farmers. The phased-in, gradual reduction in the overtime pay threshold will begin on January 1, 2024, with the threshold set at 56 hours. The process will continue with the overtime threshold limit lowering by four hours every other year until reaching 40 hours in 2032. Elected representatives have reacted to this various new rule, and U.S. Representative Mark Molinaro, who represents New York 19 in Washington, said the new rule could deliver, quote, a death blow to local farmers. This is a sad day for agriculture in New York State, he said. Local farmers are already feeling the squeeze with record high fertilizer prices, skyrocketing fuel costs, and severe workforce shortages. For some farmers, Albany's new rule will make things even tighter. For others, this is a death blow. Earlier this year, I took action to introduce a bill that prevents Albany's overtime rule from taking effect, he added. Getting this bill signed into law is urgent. Farmers in upstate New York desperately need relief, not more economic burdens. New York State Senator Peter Oberacher was also critical of the new threshold. The Department of Labor's the commissioner's decision to rubber stamp a reduction in the farm worker overtime threshold is another kick in the teeth to the men and women who work the land and deliver food to our tables. One party rule in Albany continues to fail to understand or care about what it takes to operate a farm in New York State. I have met with farmers throughout my Senate district and know they are already struggling to make ends meet. Ever-increasing state mandates, out-of-control inflation, and now another devastating blow that will increase costs and reduce production could very well be the end of many family farms. New York State Assemblywoman Aileen Gunther said she understands that workers need a fair wage and that their hard and long hours should be fairly compensated. She also feels for the area's small farmers who, quote, already struggle to make ends meet. When I meet with our farmers and our workers, both were opposed to these changes, she said. We need to do more as a state to help and maintain the small farms we still have left. They are the backbone of our communities and the last thing they need is new regulations costing them more money they don't have. Some tax credits have been put in place by the New York State Legislature to assist farm employers to ease the implementation of the lower overtime standard. Switching gears, within six years, the Upper Delaware Council predicts it will be forced to eliminate one or more full-time staff positions unless New York State or Pennsylvania can offer financial assistance. This prediction was announced by UDC Executive Director Lori Ramey during her presentation at the first-ever UDC Federal and State Partner Summit, to which a number of New York, Pennsylvania, and U.S. representatives were invited to listen in on the current financial status of the organization. There are currently three employees on staff at the UDC. After finalization of the cooperative agreement with the National Park Service and the passing of the 1986 River Management Plan, it was recommended that the UDC employ five full-time staff in addition to consultants to to operate optimally. From the very start, the organization never reached the recommended amount of staff members, having only four full-time staff along with one consultant. Ramey reported that number of employees dropped from the already suboptimal number of staff employed from four to three in 2012, who were fulfilling their roles with non-competitive wages. 
The UDC is responsible for acting as a liaison between the NPS and 13 municipalities that sit in the Delaware River Valley region. Ramey said the UDC's position between the NPS and 13 municipalities is essential in providing the county's townships and villages that are in the interest of protecting the Delaware River and all of its natural resources with a locally-based voice. Chairperson of the 2023 UDC Board, Aaron Robinson, gave a detailed history of the UDC and its origin story by an organization called Conference of Upper Delaware Townships. In 1981, followed by an act of U.S. Congress in 1978, dedicated to the interest of protecting the Delaware River. He spoke of their eventual transformation in the UDC that exists today. He noted that the UDC is, quote, running on fumes and that losing one more full-time staff member would mean the end of functionality of the UDC. For more on this story, visit scdemocratonline.com or check out today's front page. Ending with some news about our paper itself, Sullivan County Democrat publisher Fred Stabber III is pleased to announce the promotion of reporter slash photographer Derek Kirk, 24, to the position of editor. Derek has shown tremendous interest in and passion for the happenings of Sullivan County, Stabbard said. His wide experience in covering news stories and features throughout Sullivan County at all levels of government and all aspects of life have given him a unique and important role in presenting the news to our over 20,000 readers each and every week. Derek will be joining managing editor Joseph Abraham in leading the largest news team in Sullivan County. And I'm confident our dedicated reporters will continue to produce the highest quality newspaper in the region which has garnered more than 30 New York Press Awards in the past four years. I look forward to these gentlemen continuing the great coverage our readers have been accustomed to receiving. Kirk joined the team at Catskill, Delaware Publications in October 2021 as a staff writer and has covered the towns of Delaware, Forestburg, Highland, and Tustin, as well as assisted coverage of SUNY Sullivan and Sullivan County Legislature. Kirk has also written more than 100 feature stories for the paper's 50-plus special sections, which are produced every year. Born in the borough of Honesdale, and eventually graduating from the California University of Pennsylvania, where he studied creative writing, he focused on journalism, prose, and the business writing aspect of education. On his promotion, Kirk said, I have been grateful to report on the ongoings of Sullivan County News as a staff writer, and I'm honored to continue to do so in the new role. That does it for today's episode of the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast. We hope everyone has a safe and wonderful weekend. We'll catch back up with you next week.